Bills Talks podcast, where we talk NFL, fantasy football, and everything sports. We come here to get the most trustworthy, unbiased, and logical takes in all of sports. I am your host, Tyler Folsom. Buckle in and enjoy the show. What is going on? Welcome back to the T Fools Talks podcast. Today, I'm going to be talking purely NFL. Um, it is about this point in the year where there's no other sport going on, right? The NHL finished up about a month ago where the Lightning won the Stanley Cup. Uh, last week, the Dodgers won the World Series. And for NBA, um, it looks like they're going going to be starting up um, mid-December. So for right now, it's just the NFL show. And that's perfect because that is probably my favorite sport to talk about. And it's probably the sport that I have the most expertise in and I know the most about. So we're eight games into the season. We're at the halfway mark. And at this point, you kind of know what teams are going to be making the playoffs or making a push towards making the playoffs. And we know which teams are looking to tank, um, are looking to maybe start over, try new things, try the younger guys. Um, you know, and one of those teams uh, is the Patriots. Uh, at, at two and five, it's not looking good. And in, in last week's episode, I, I talked a lot about the Patriots and the future of the Patriots. Um, so I'll be getting into a lot of different things. Uh, for this episode, it's not going to be scripted. I'm going to be talking off script. I usually have a plan and, you know, have everything mapped out during my episodes. But I'm kind of just going to go off on a tangent in this episode and hopefully you guys enjoy it. Um, however, before I get into all of this good NFL talk, um, as always... I'm going to be thanking the sponsor of this podcast, and as usual, it is Anchor FM. Anchor FM provides the best service to create your own podcast. You can record, edit, and publish your podcast professionally right on the Anchor FM website. The best part about it is Anchor FM distributes your podcast for you to a plethora of sources, including Spotify, Apple Music, and Google Play. You can get Anchor FM today for free and start producing your own podcasts. All right. Let me just plug my headphones in. Make sure they are charged for this episode, and let us get right into it. Here we are. Halfway through the NFL season. Um, My fantasy team right now is 4-4. Uh, I've definitely missed on a few people in my fantasy draft, one of them being Kenyon Drake. So I'm going to talk about Kenyon Drake a little bit. Um, The end of last year, Kenyon Drake went off. He had, I want to say he had two or three monster games where he had like 120 plus yards and like three touchdowns. Um, Yeah, he went off. And we know that the Cardinals, they've been pretty good so far. Um but Kenyon Drake has been pretty inconsistent, and we saw him have a really good game against Dallas. And then the next week, he went down 
and, and had an ankle injury um, against Seattle. And he's ruled out for this week. It was a high ankle sprain, I believe, which is the same injury that Christian McCaffrey had. Um, seems like a lot of running backs get that injury, uh, which kind of stinks. But with that being said, and kind of going off what I was talking about last week's podcast, is that I think the running back position is very replaceable. Very, very replaceable. So in fantasy, uh, I see Chase Edmonds doing better and producing more in fantasy and in real football for the Cardinals. Uh, I think Chase Edmonds is a really good option uh, at running back for as long as Kenyon Drake is out. Oh, I think when Kenyon Drake was active, I think we still kind of saw Chase Edmonds produce more. He seemed like the back that was a little bit more explosive, a little bit faster downfield, a little more light on his feet and can really catch the ball out of the backfield. And we know with this dynamic offense, Kyler Murray has had a borderline MVP season. DeAndre Hopkins, I think everyone can confirm that he's a top three wide receiver in the NFL. So with all this talent on the offense, you know, they're a type of team the Cardinals are to put up a lot of points and you need a running back that can catch the ball to the backfield and can play fast, can play no huddle offense. And I feel like Chase Edmonds is really the better fit for this offense than Kenyon Drake. And, and since I've had him on my fantasy team, um, I, I watch a lot of my fantasy players. That's probably one of my favorite parts of Sunday. Um, since I have my dual monitor set up on my PC, I have usually red zone going, um, and I usually have another NFL game going, and then I have my laptop too. So I usually have like three, four games going, like watching all of it at once. And watching Kenyon Drake is tough. He usually just runs for two yards. Um and never really finds an opening. So not to go on too much of a tangent on Kenyon Drake, but he was an absolute bust this season. I think we can agree on that. And now to go to the other running back that I drafted was Ezekiel Elliott. And I'm at the point of the season where I can't trust Ezekiel Elliott. Um, I can't trust anyone on the Cowboys. Ezekiel Elliott had a really good first five games where he was very productive. He had like borderline 20 plus points every game. And that was with Dak Prescott in. And the thing about that was a, at the beginning of the season, the Cowboys offensive line was healthy. And I want to say out of the five offensive linemen that were healthy at the beginning of the season, I think only four, I think there's only one left and four of them are were replaced. So the Cowboys offensive line went from one of the best in the league to one of the worst in the league. And on top of that, since Dak Prescott is now hurt, the quarterback play has been absolutely brutal. We saw Andy Dalton fill in for Dak Prescott at the end of that Giants game, and they ended up winning against the Giants, but... Andy Dalton is definitely not Dak Prescott. He was an okay replacement. And then the next game against the Cardinals, Andy Dalton was absolutely brutal. Played very bad against the Cardinals. And I wouldn't even consider the Cardinals to be like an elite defense or anything. But but Dak, I mean, Andy Dalton did not play well. 
And the next game against the Redskins, Andy Dalton got a concussion and got knocked out of that game. And in comes Ben DiNucci. <laughs> ben DiNucci. Uh, yeah, that's just like a TikTok meme, but uh, Ben DiNucci. Yeah, um, he was really bad last week against the Eagles. Uh, they only put up nine points. Um, and that offense couldn't do anything. They couldn't move the ball. They couldn't get the passing game going. They couldn't get Zeke going. Um, I, I think one of the reasons why Zeke was good was because of Dak. You know, you think of the duo of Dak and Zeke. It was because of Dak. You know, the defense seemed to really be on its heels because of the threat of Dak Prescott throwing deep balls, um, throwing intermediate routes. He's just a really good quarterback and threw for a lot of yards. And now that the Cowboys don't have that, it's like teams like the Eagles last week were stacking the box. They're putting eight, even nine guys in the box and, you know, daring Ben DiNucci to throw. And, you know, I don't think Ben DiNucci is a great quarterback. So I think they were trusting the Eagles were, you know, the man-to-man coverage and were daring them to throw in and Ben DiNucci could not do it. So last week, um, Ezekiel Elliott, um, let me pull up his stats. He rushed 19 times for 63 yards, which is around um, maybe 3.3 yards per carry, somewhere around there. Not very good at all, and only caught one pass. So it's obvious Denucci isn't finding him much in the passing game either. Um, Zeke Elliott, since. In non-PPR, since Dak Prescott went down, his points are 4, 5, and 7. And for the rest of the season, he's playing against very good defenses. He has Pittsburgh in Week 9, then a bye week. Minnesota, which is an okay matchup. And then he has Washington, which is a very good defense. Baltimore, which is a very good defense. Cincinnati is a pretty good matchup. And then he has San Francisco and Philadelphia. Dak Prescott isn't coming back. It's obvious that Zeke isn't the same running back one, elite running back without Dak Prescott. I tried to trade him away in my league. No one seemed to take the bait. I don't like Ezekiel Elliott. I'm actually sitting him this week against Pittsburgh. Along with all of the struggles that he's had, all of the struggles that the Cowboys have had, he now is diagnosed with a hamstring injury and is officially questionable for Week 9. Yeah, I want absolutely nothing to do with Ezekiel Elliott. It's just unfortunate. Um, you know, Zeke has been so consistent every year in fantasy football, and it's like the year that I get him, he he gets he gets Dak Prescott injured, he gets his whole O line injured, he starts having fumbling issues. This isn't Zeke's year. This is not Zeke's year for fantasy football, which is crazy because I had Alvin Kamara last year. And Alvin Kamara has been an absolute stud in fantasy football every single every single year except for last year. I'm pretty sure Alvin Kamara has been a top five running back three out of the last four years. And the one year he wasn't, he was like the 25th running back, and that was last year. But with that being said, um, people in fantasy football think that the season is determined by your draft. And it is it isn't. It really is not. It's determined by 
the waiver wire. It really is. The amount of the amount of studs that you can get off of the waiver wire, you can produce a full on like fantasy winning lineup this year off of people on the waiver wire. I bet right now, off of the top of my head, I could name a full on starting fantasy lineup that are all made of players off of the waiver wire. Uh, quarterback, Justin Herbert. Um, he's a top five quarterback going going on. Um, his arm talent is very impressive. I think he's better than Joe Burrow. I think he wins Offensive Rookie of the Year. Um, off the top of my head, I'm pretty sure he has like 25-plus fantasy points in every game he's played in. You look at the stats. Um, yeah, his fantasy points since going in, 24, 17, 29, 35, 45, 27. And his touchdown passes are 2, 1, 3, 4, 3, 3. So over the past four weeks, Justin Herbert has 15 touchdowns over the past four weeks. Um, and... He, he just looks very good. He looks like the Patrick Mahomes type of person who his receivers are just sprinting down the field and he's just throwing dimes to them. Um, he's mobile within the pocket. He can really scramble and throw deep. Um, so, so back to what I was saying, uh, Justin Herbert is the number one fantasy pickup um, off the waiver wire for running back. It has to be James Robinson. Um, another running back off the waiver wire maybe DJ Dallas over these past two weeks has been very good. Um, I think DJ Dallas is another good week this week. Um, another running back, Daryl Henderson has been very good. Um, he's been the number one running back for the Rams. Mike Davis, another running back off of the waiver wire, who's been very good so far. Um, Miles Gaskin, another one. Antonio Gibson, another one. There's just so many running backs or that just fill in a role um, of, of someone that vacates it. Like, as we saw, Leonard Fournette was always a good fantasy running back. And as soon as he got traded away, James Robinson hops in. And right now he's the running back six on the season. And when it comes to wide receivers, oh, boy, there are definitely wide receivers that have produced very well so far this season as waiver wire pickups, one of them being Justin Jefferson as a rookie. He's been fantastic. He had 175 yards in a touchdown one game, 166 yards and two touchdowns in another game. Chase Claypool has been very good. Um, so uh, as, as you can see with this trend, um, what really matters in fantasy football is the players that you pick up off the waiver wire. Um, and this week, I trust in the players that I picked up off of the waiver wire over a player like Zeke who isn't in a good situation, is battling an injury, and is playing against Pittsburgh, who is the number one defense against fantasy running backs. So um, some of the running backs I'm starting over him, one of them is J.K. Dobbins, who is really getting really good opportunities ever since Mark Ingram went down with an ankle injury. He has a high ankle sprain similar to what other running backs have. Um, same what Carson had, McCaffrey had, now Mark Ingram. 
seems like a pretty common trend that running backs get ankle injuries. But um, Dobbins looks very good. Yeah, as I just mentioned, Pittsburgh is the number one run defense against running backs, and um, J.K. Dobbins had 121 total yards. So that's very impressive. And um, he's averaging over five yards per carry this season, which is really good. You know, you would just hope that the running the Ravens coaching staff realizes how good of running back J.K. Dobbins is. Uh, so far through eight games, or sorry, through through seven games, where Mark Ingram was also on the field or active. Sorry, through the first six games, there were three running backs, and they're pretty much all getting around thirty percent to forty percent of the snaps out of the backfield, and that was Ingram, Dobbins, and Gus Edwards, and now. It seems like it's just down to Dobbins and Gus Edwards since Ingram's hurt. And uh, I think Dobbins is definitely the better running back than than Gus Edwards right now. And I hope that Dobbins gets more opportunity and really shows his talent against the Indianapolis Colts in Week 9 because I think Dobbins is one of the more talented running backs. And hopefully he can put up a lot of fantasy points for me. Although the Indianapolis Colts are another good rush defense. They have the fourth fewest points to running backs this season. Another running back that I want to talk about is DJ Dallas, as he had 18 points last week. He had 58 total yards and two touchdowns against the Niners, who are a good run defense. And he's going to have a similar situation this week, I think. He's playing the Buffalo Bills. Probably have a worse run defense than the Niners do. And DJ Dallas looks like he's getting the nod this week with Carson and Hyde both injured. Um, Yeah, I think DJ Dallas has a really good week again. um, We saw Damian Harris, once again, another running back who has been very good that can be picked up off of waivers at some point this season. Um, But DJ Dallas, you know, it's, it's crazy that Chris Carson put up these big numbers, put up double digit points. He was, I think Chris Carson was like the running back number five before he got injured. And it's crazy that someone like DJ Dallas, just a random running back who was like a fourth stringer. And now that, now that Carlos Hyde got injured and um, Chris Carson got injured. So it seems like he's the third running back and the production really doesn't drop off. You know, he's still scoring the touchdowns. He's still looking pretty effective on the touches that he gets. And, and I think he does really good again this week. Um, but as soon as uh, Carson comes back, I think he steals the job back. So my point here is if any of your running backs ever go down in fantasy, I feel like having a handcuff, which means like having the running back that is underneath that guy or backups that guy is super, super important because – if there's a team that has a bell cow like style running game, like for instance, um, uh, like the Panthers, where they they use McCaffrey like 95% of the snaps, and he goes out, Mike Davis then gets that 95% snap share, and everyone saw the productivity that Mike Davis had. 
So running the running back position this year has been like kind of shambles, honestly, because there hasn't been like it, it first like first off, it seems like all these running backs are getting hurt. And second off, it seems like running backs are getting contested when it comes to like they're not getting all of the opportunities out of the backfield. So like the only running backs this season that A haven't been hurt and have like played every single game and B like are getting all of the touches. Um Cook has been hurt. Camara battles touches with Murray. Um Derrick Henry is one of them who's played like every game this season. Todd Gurley um has also played every game this season and I feel like he's been like an underdog when like not many people are talking about him this season. But um, right now in non-PPR leagues, Todd Gurley is the number four running back this season. Uh, he has eight rushing touchdowns so far, which is actually, like, really, really good. Uh, I don't expect him to keep it up, though. Like, as I said, this is halfway through the season, and it feels like this is the turning point where you see, like, long-term who are the really good running backs that will keep it up for the rest of the season. And you will see, like, who are the running backs are just, like, a, a first-half fluke. Um, I still think Gurley will be pretty p- productive, but um, he he is playing Tampa Bay and Kansas City, who are two, like, decent rush defenses in the fantasy playoffs. And along with the fact that I feel like the Falcons are still going to pass a lot, especially with Julio back, I, I don't really think Gurley can keep it up. And also, he seems very touchdown-dependent, like – his rush yards really aren't that great, and he's not getting that many receiving yards out of the backfield. So, like, most of his huge fantasy performances are just, like, him getting goal line carries, which, which yes, if he's the goal line back, you know, he's going to be always having that chance of scoring a touchdown, but it's not something that you can depend on. So, Todd Gurley right now is a running back four in the season, but I don't think he keeps it up. I feel like he'd be, like, top 15 at the end of the season. But, but so far, the running – like, Aaron Jones has been hurt. Josh Jacobs hasn't been consistent. Elliott hasn't been consistent. Um, James Conner is another one that – I really like James Conner. Um, week one, he had a dud. I think he was banged up, and we saw uh, Blake Snell. Not Blake Snell, sorry. Any Snell. Didn't want to mess it up. I thought of Snell and I thought of the Rays pitcher. I said Blake Snell. But, yeah, Benny Snell, the first week, took James Conner's opportunities. I don't know whether Conner was hurt or he fumbled. But ever since um, ever since week one, James Conner has been, like, very consistent, like probably the most consistent running back in fantasy football or in the NFL. So week two, he had 130 yards and a touchdown. Week three, 150 yards and a touchdown. Week five, 70 yards and a touchdown. Week six, 100 yards and a touchdown. Week seven, 110 total yards. And week eight, 60 yards and a touchdown. And some of those are against good defenses. Like Baltimore is a good run defense. Philly has a decent run defense. Um, Tennessee has a pretty good run defense. And he does have a pretty good schedule coming up. He plays Dallas, Cincinnati, Jacksonville. Um, and then Baltimore, Washington, which are tough matchups. But then the fancy playoffs, he gets Buffalo, Cincinnati, and then Indianapolis to finish it out. 
I feel like James Conner is is a top 10 running back for sure, and people really aren't appreciating him and not respecting him at that. So that's my thoughts on James Conner. Um, one more thing I'm going to talk about in this episode is Antonio Brown. As everyone knows at this point, Antonio Brown, um, he had an eight-game suspension because of off-the-field issues from last season. Um, and it seems like ever since Antonio Brown left the Steelers, he's been just an off-the-field issue. And I'm really hoping, you know, after this, he's gotten a third chance. Obviously, the Raiders, it was a, a, an absolute train wreck. Didn't work out. He had beef with John Gruden. It wasn't pretty. And then he signed with the Patriots. Uh, that wasn't pretty. He was having off-the-field issues with assault issues. And he had um, issues with just a bunch of social media off-the-field issue stuff that he just couldn't drop his phone and, and stop making a big deal out of himself. But now it's been a year since Antonio Brown has played football. been a little bit over a year. I'm really hoping that he's figured everything out, that he has his his head on his shoulders correctly, um, and I'm really hoping that he can make this work with the Buccaneers because this is Brady's – this is one of his last hurrahs. You know, this is – you know, the window of an NFL athlete's career um, to be able to have a shot at winning a Super Bowl – it's been very wide for Tom Brady, right? He's won his first Super Bowl in 2001, and now we're in the year 2020, and he still has a chance at winning the Super Bowl. So it's been 20 years of domination of where Brady has a chance at winning the Super Bowl. However, that window is closing, and it's not going to last forever. I, I don't know how many years he'll last on the Buccaneers. Um, I, I don't know how the Buccaneers are going to pay all of these players. Like the Buccaneers are developing all pro type players on their defense. They have, they definitely have all pro players on their offense, like everywhere, like tight end Gronk. They have probably potentially three like pro bowl receivers. Now that Antonio Brown is there. Um, the window is closing for Tom Brady to get his seventh ring. And I just really hope that Antonio Brown doesn't mess it up, that Antonio Brown is not a locker room head case, that he can just mind his own business and just work, work hard. You know, Brady, we saw Antonio Brown only have 26 snaps his first game as a New England Patriot against the Miami Dolphins, and he produced with, uh, I think it was 70 yards and a touchdown on only 26 snaps. And this week, Bruce Arians said that, against the New Orleans Saints in week nine on Sunday Night Football, they would give Antonio Brown 10 to 35 snaps. However, with Chris Godwin looking like he's going to be out again this week, uh, he had finger surgery. Um, I think it's Antonio Brown's time to shine. I think Antonio Brown is going to make or break this team. You know, I I do think with, with Mike Evans having some injuries, um, with – Godwin having some injuries. I think Antonio Brown is going to step in and be the wide receiver one. And we've seen him be one of the best wide receivers that maybe we've ever seen. 
Um, he's absolutely dominated the 2010s um, with Ben Roethlisberger, and I think obviously Brady is a better quarterback than Roethlisberger. So what I'm saying is if Antonio Brown can can keep his head straight, knock into trouble, the Brown the the Bucks are going to the Super Bowl. Like the only thing stopping the Buccaneers is themselves, really. Um, they they just have too good of an offense. Um, I don't think anyone in the NFC like can compete with that offense. Like when Brady's on his game with all of these weapons, other than like Mahomes and the Chiefs, who aren't even in the NFC, like I don't see a team that can really keep up with them. The Packers obviously have Aaron Rodgers, who's still good, but other than Devontae Adams, I don't see like any other weapons that are really gonna explode. So I I just I, I do think Antonio Brown is, is gonna be good. I think he's gonna be the Antonio Brown of old. He's he's always been very good on the football field. That's never been the issue. It's always been off the field issues. So I'm just really hoping Antonio Brown can do this and that the that the Bucks can lock up this one seed. Um for the rest of the season, looks like uh, they're playing New Orleans, then Carolina, L.A., then Kansas City. That's a big game in Week 12. Um, Bucks versus Chiefs, that's a huge game. And then they're playing Minnesota, Atlanta, and Detroit. Their last three games are all really bad teams. So, honestly, the only two games I think they lose is possibly the Chiefs and possibly this week against the Saints. So, Buccaneers, let's hope that they make a run. Um, at the end of the season, and now I am running out of time for this podcast, so I'm going to wrap it up there. Um, if you're still listening at this point, thank you very much. I know this episode was a little bit off script, maybe a little different than other episodes, but if anyone wants to be a guest on the podcast, just DM me or contact me in any way that you know me. Um, if anyone wants me to talk about anything, just message me about that. But uh, thank you much. Thank you guys very much for tuning into the podcast. And um, yeah, just just um, keep in touch and make sure you.